Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media. For all your Wisconsin Badgers news from the recruiting trail on the field and near the rim, I am Jake Kokorowski. We got John McNamara on the line as well. We're recording on a Thursday night. Hope everyone is enjoying this nice summer evening here in Wisconsin and beyond the state borders as well. We got a lot to get to. We got some mailbag questions. But first, you know, we're going to talk inside linebackers. Uh, we're continuing our 2019 fall camp preview. And right now, John, we're going to get into it talking some tight ends. Uh, and, you know, it's a, and first off, before we even get into that, how is your evening? How's your week going? We, we've been busy with Max Lofi's commitment, other odds and ends, your in-state recruiting breakdown too. How, how's the week shaped up for you? Yeah, it's been good. Uh, we wrapped up the top 50 seniors in the state. Uh, I think we wrapped that up on Wednesday. And then today, which is Thursday, uh, we took a look at some of the uh, underclassmen to watch. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of talent coming through uh, the state with the younger guys. Um, you know, people know about, obviously, J.P. Benchall and, and Jackson Acker. Uh, but Loyal Crawford just picked up an offer from Wisconsin. Uh, Hunter Wooler as a kid from Muskego to watch. And, you know, we also touched on uh, some guys who are just entering their sophomore year uh, at the respective high schools that, uh, you know, certainly figure to be Division One players. So, uh, like, you know, we've talked about this before. I thought the, the 2020 in-state class is very good. Uh, maybe the strongest class uh, since I've been doing this, you know, over the last 10 or so years. But uh, there's there's definitely some more talent coming through the state. And uh, that that's certainly good news for Wisconsin and, you know, all the other teams that, that come into the state and recruit as well. Exactly. And actually that's one of the mailbag questions we'll get to. That's a nice little segue, nice little tease that we'll have coming up later in the show, you know, and a couple of in-state products as well from Wisconsin at this tight end position. We're going to head into our fall camp position previews, starting off with Jake Ferguson, obviously from Madison Memorial and Luke Benchwall from the Grafton area tight ends. It's a position where, you know, we're going to talk about depth in a little bit, but the big name here obviously is Ferguson. You saw second in the team in catches last year, asserted himself as a redshirt freshman, John, with that and being a third down target for Alex Hornibrook and Jack Cohn, a lot with Hornibrook for that matter. I remember in the first few games, I forgot what the percentage was, but a lot of those receptions were on third downs to help move the chains. But now a year wiser, redshirt sophomore, third year. I guess, in your opinion, with him, what should be the expectations for Jake Ferguson for the 2019 season? Uh, if healthy, and you know, he was a little nicked up during the spring, there's no reason to think he won't be full goal for the fall. But, um, you know, I, I certainly think he has all Big Ten potential, and I know that people within that program think he's a guy. Uh, that has that type of potential and potentially even further than that, you know, all American potential as well. Uh, some, you know, somewhere down the road, uh, you know, he's obviously a big pass catching threat uh, for Wisconsin. Like you said, Jake, he was second on the team last year uh, in, in receptions with 36 and he had 456 uh, receiving yards and four touchdowns. You know, you could expect a lot, maybe all those numbers to, to almost double, um, you know, maybe not receptions, but, you know, I think he's going to be a big time target. Uh, you know, they looked for him on third downs a lot last season, but, you know, his combination of size and athletic ability and, uh, you know, that kind of 
catch radius, which is kind of a, a buzzword, but you know, he, he locks up everything that that's thrown to him. Um, I know that you guys have had a chance to see him during camp and he's had some, some unreal catches, but uh, I kind of think the sky's the limit for him. Um, you know, he's a guy that probably would have played at least four games had that, that, you know, red shirt rule been in place when he was a true freshman. Uh, they mentioned him as a guy who was definitely ready to play, but they didn't want to burn his red shirt. Uh, so he's, he's got all the talent in the world. And I think he's, he already is the next good one to come out, out from that position at Wisconsin. But again, I think that he's going to have a huge season this fall. And with him too, it'll be interesting to see just how he factors in um, not just receiving game, but his blocking ability, both against, uh, you know, for the run and then also pass protection. I wonder how he'll be used if he's going to have more of his hand in the ground, if he'll be used more as an H back, I think he's at that point now in his with his weight and then also his strength where he could he has that power to be that great combination of a blocker and obviously have the ability to create separation as a tight end uh, and make some big time receptions. I guess behind him though, John, where this is where we're going to talk about depth. Uh, it starts with Luke Benchwall and when I talked with Paul Christ uh, among other beat writers for the Wisconsin Beat on Thursday, it's the question that I brought up to him was just talking about depth because when Ferguson, both Ferguson and Luke Benchwell were out, Luke was out for the spring rehabbing from an injury. And so behind those two, you had Gabe Lloyd, uh, Jack Eschenbach. You also had a young guy like Nate Carter and Cormac Sampson, for that matter, transitioned to become an offensive lineman. With Benchwall first and foremost, uh, we've seen him be injured as well throughout the course of the past two seasons. Um, can he stay healthy enough to provide stability, in your opinion, as as that inline tight end that Wisconsin likes to use in like a twelve or thirteen personnel? I think he he better stay healthy if uh, if you're Wisconsin because there isn't much depth there at all. You know, I think Ferguson and Benchwall. Uh, are a really nice one-two punch. You know, they complement each other well. Uh, Ferguson has that H-back, but also a guy like you talked about, Jake, I think he's going to want to show that uh, he's kind of an all-around tight end, a guy that can block as well, and I know that's something he's been focusing on. But, uh, you know, he's he's very much an H-back in Wisconsin's pro-style offense. And uh, Ben Shaw, you know, 6'6", you know, close to 270 pounds. It's kind of that classic inline tight end, uh, you know, a guy that you rely on and as a blocker primarily, but, you know, with his size, a really nice target in the, in the red zone as well. So um, I, I like that combination, but behind them, there's there's not a lot there. Uh, Gabe Lloyd is next in line, and, uh, you know, he's kind of played sparingly uh, this this past season. But uh, if there's injuries there, he's, he's next up. And behind him, uh, I'm not really sure where you go from there. I don't know if they're confident enough to play anyone behind, you know, those top three guys that they have right now on the roster. You have Benchwall, I mean, kind of going back with last season, played in 10 games, started four of them. He would have had a touchdown catch against Miami in the pinstripe bowl if not for the fact that he uh, that there was a penalty. I forgot who it was on, who it was on uh, initially. I thought it might have been Jonathan Taylor or Cole Van Lannan uh, on that play, but it appears he could obviously catch the ball in the passing game, but remains to be seen You know, if he can be. I think Paul Chris has used this word a lot. Can he be consistent enough? Uh, he's mentioned that the C word there, the consistency, consistent throughout, I think, most of the talks that we, we had with him during 
big 10 media days for not just tight ends, but a bunch of positions, I guess, you know, we talked about the depth already, so I won't ask further, but do you think two true freshmen, you have Hayden Rucci, you have Clay Cundiff, Rucci's a four-star tight end out of, you know, out of Warwick there in Pennsylvania. Uh, and appears to be that in line tight end, the next one of the next in line to kind of serve in that function of being you know, a powerful blocker. He also showed in high school, he can be a pass catcher, but then you also have clay Cundiff too, who made a name for himself down in Kansas. Do you think those two true freshmen can jump in right away potentially and contribute in some manner to this offense this season? Yeah. You know, without having seen those guys play any college snaps yet, I, I'd say no, and if you know, if I had to say a definitive yes or no, but you know, of the two, maybe Rucci would have a chance. Uh, but again, to step in there and, and you know be be relied upon to block and uh, do all those things right, and you know be physically ready to to play there, I think is a is a tall task uh, for a true freshman. But you know, of the two, maybe Rucci's a little bit further ahead. Uh, you know, he's he's a big kid, and he, you know he'll be coming in there, and he's a highly rated guy. Um, but I would say no. I would imagine those two redshirt. You know, maybe we see you know one or even both in a couple games, uh, maybe in some mop up time. But I guess right now no. But maybe a guy like Rucci flashes a little bit this fall and, and and puts himself in contention. But you know, if there is a position that you know Wisconsin's going to be begging for some guys to step up, it's it's tight end. And uh, maybe a guy like Rucci will surprise and uh, you know I guess accelerate up the depth charts a little bit quicker than people imagine. I think it's going to be one thing I'm going to ask Mickey Turner, tight ends coach, when they have media day next Wednesday, which is crazy. Fall camp got folks comes. We are counting down. We are a week away as we are recording right now from fall camp starting up with August 30th, just a month, you know, month and a week away already. It's crazy. And I'm going to ask Mickey Turner, like just can a month make, you know, allow a player that young. And you mentioned it too. It, I mean, the tight ends are kind of a position too, where you, the way they use the tight ends at Wisconsin in terms of different blocking schemes uh, and responsibilities, it's going to be really interesting to see if a player like Rucci or Cundiff could really make one process, the info and two translate it and get it on the field. And then not just think about it, but kind of make, do it on, off of instinct uh, and flow like any other regular players, uh, like you see at Ferguson now learning or, you know, bench wall with their experience, if they can translate that quickly onto the field uh, and we'll see what happens from there. I guess going to the other side of the ball though, when you have, we talked about outside linebackers last week, go, moving inside there and talking about the inside linebackers gone are TJ Edwards and Ryan Connolly off their NFL bound. They're both, they're both going to NFC East contenders with the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles. I guess with this group, you have Chris Orr returning, so you're not losing everything. Uh, and also Jack Sanborn got some action last season as well. John, I guess in your opinion, how realistic is it for this position group to live up to the consistency, the production, and the leadership for that matter uh, of this inside linebacker group that Edwards and Conley had, you know, had, can they produce that in 2019? Uh, I don't, I don't think that's realistic. Uh, you know, TJ Edwards and Ryan Conley, two of the better linebackers Wisconsin's had uh, over the last handful of years there. 
Uh, Edwards is a multi-year starter and, you know, Conley is, was in the same boat. Um, you know, both those guys are just so reliable and um, I think both are going to definitely stick on NFL rosters uh, for the, you know, at least for this year. And, you know, hopefully uh, they make a nice uh, career in the NFL, but I think that that's asking a lot. Obviously Chris or brings some experience uh, and Jack Sanborn plays a true freshman, but, you know, to ask those two to, to live up to what TJ Edwards and Ryan Conley were, I, I just don't think that's realistic at this point. Um, I think that that could be a good duo at, at middle linebacker, but they're not going to match the production of, of Edwards and Conley, in my opinion. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I think Orr can definitely live up to it. I mean, he's also been – he's produced despite kind of losing his starter's job after that that knee injury in 2016 – he still, you know, obviously he started when Conley was out for the pinstripe bowl, had eight tackles, tackle for loss, interception there. He had that big pick six, that 76 yarder against at Nebraska back in 17 to thwart a drive. So he, he has that experience and uh, I think big things should be expected from him. I feel like he's going to be the next in line for, for the great Wisconsin inside linebackers. And I think he'll have that ability to do so and he's already got that leadership capabilities i saw that even earlier in his career do you feel the same way that i do where i think he can be the next in line to be you know to continue that inside linebacker tradition in the sense of just having that production uh, and being that leader at that position yeah leadership wise i think he's there and like you talked about jake he's i think he's been there for a while um you know i remember a practice where you know, a couple of years ago we were at and, you know, things broke down and Paul Chris lit into him. And then, you know, Chris or maybe like his sophomore year or something, he said something to the whole team and I it was kind of, was there. yeah, yep. it was kind of noticeable. And um, I think you saw some of those leadership qualities there. So, you know, I think he is going to take on that leadership role in the defense this year. So I think that's uh, certainly something that he's going to bring to the table, but um, I, I'd go as far as saying he's, he'll be a good linebacker. I think he's going to be solid this year. I don't know if I'm going to put him in the great category. Um, you know, I don't know that he'll match what TJ Edwards or Ryan Conley did, um, you know, during their time as starters, but I think he's, he's I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be solid, but I don't, I just, I'm not ready to say he's going to be a great linebacker for Wisconsin this, this final year. So then looking next to him and getting a lot of those reps in spring ball was Jack Sanborn. And I'm Interested with the you know in this former four-star recruit out of the Lake Zurich area in Illinois, he played in eleven games, had a forced fumble as well in there, so he he saw some time at inside linebacker in rotation with the injuries that hit, and you saw some of the comments from Chris Orr, uh, they talk, you know during Big Ten media days. So here's what Chris Orr said about Sanborn. And during Big Ten media days on Friday, because I'd asked him, what does Sam Warren show in the spring and what potential does or see out of him heading into fall camp and the season? And he said, I think the main thing Jack showed was that he's getting it, understanding the defense, understanding the flow of just college football in general. You truly see that he's getting it, knows how to use his strengths that he possesses to the best of his abilities. So you can definitely see him getting it. I asked him what the next steps were then. Uh, to solidify himself in the defense and continue that inside linebacker legacy that you've seen Conley and Edwards and others before him. He said, I think it's a chemistry of 
the combination of like chemistry with myself. We've got some pretty good chemistry and also him continuing to grow individually, truly understanding the defense in its entirety, more so than just maybe the front seven and your coverage responsibilities on a particular play, but understanding coach Leonard's tendencies, the different things coach Leonard likes to do, where do people like to attack our defense? So I think once he grows in those areas, he can be great too. I guess do you, and have seen him on the field last year and maybe some limited time that you saw him during the spring. And, you know, I guess I think he, from what I've seen, from what Chris has said, I think he could be ready to take that next step, uh, but it's not just, I think he can, I think it's going to be, he's going to have to, to have this defense succeed in the 2019 season. Yeah. And you know, you going back to last year, I think the coaching staff saw, Hey, look, we're graduating two starters. Chris Orr is going to be back, and we need to get a guy ready. And obviously it was Jack Sanborn, and uh, he played in 11 games as a true freshman. And I think they wanted to give him as much time as possible because they they you know figured that he was probably going to be penciled in as a starter for this 2019 season. Um, you know, really talented guy. Went down to Lake Zurich during his senior season to watch him play. And, uh, you know, he's, he's just built like a middle linebacker, big, thick neck, uh, kind of a tackling machine. Uh, really highly recruited kid uh, out of Lake Zurich, and uh, he had a lot of offers. Um, so, you know, the expectations are certainly high for him. And I think you're going to see a kid that just kind of gets better week by week by week by week um, and starts to get real comfortable maybe, uh, you know, at the start of the Big Ten season. So, um, you know, I think there, he's a guy that, you know, I, I know Wisconsin's pretty excited about. Um, you know, he, I think he's going to, you know, go through some some ups and downs, you know, as as a first-year starter. But, again, he's he's a talented guy, and I think once he really gets comfortable there, uh, and starts, you know, st- you know what they say, you know, obviously, like you, you stop thinking, you just react, and you know, once he's able to do that, uh, I, I think he's going to be really good for Wisconsin, uh, and, and you know, definitely someone that you're going to be excited about, you know, not only this year but a few years down the road as well. And then looking ahead too, with and behind them in that two deep, a lot of talk during the spring was Leo Chanel. You even starting to see the pictures on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, some of the promo shoots and Leo Chanel looks put together as an inside linebacker. He flashed with at least three interceptions. At least those were in the ones in practices that were open to the media. Two of them came against Graham Mertz uh, and everyone talked about just what he's done. And, you know, and he talked about it to me at the end of spring practices on April 26th about what he still has to learn in terms of his form and his technique at the linebacker level. But then there's also one thing too, John, about, Mike Mascalunas, who received, you know, he's a walk-on from Illinois as well, talking about how I asked Chris Orr just how Mascalunas, his progression and what should be expected out of him. And he, I mean, he said to expect some big things. Uh, and said he's made leaps in, gro- in growth every single year, and he's done it again this year. He's gotten way stronger, more athletic, and he's starting to get to the point where he truly, truly understands the defense in those areas like I was saying before. So I would say expect big things from Mike uh, and expect him to play a lot for that matter. So I guess with those two and then behind them, there's Seth Currens who converted from safety to the inside linebacker spot. And Chris Orr even mentioned really early in the spring that he's kind of uh, like a Jack Sitchie who's a little bit more lankier, has a little bit more length on the arms, I guess. Sorry, you could say. I'm wondering, are you worried about the depth at inside linebacker when it comes to this? Yeah, because I think there's four guys there. 
uh, that you feel, well, I think there's two guys you feel good about. And then, you know, Mascalunas has played here and there on special teams. Uh, you know, he's going to have to step into a role as a guy that, you know, is is next in line. And then Chanel, you know, he just, I think he's going to have a, a really nice career at Wisconsin. Um, he he just does not look like a true freshman. Um, and coming in and, and participating in the spring, I think, is huge. And I think that, you know, by the end of fall camp, he's going to probably be your number three inside linebacker if he, if he isn't already there. Um, so I think he's a guy that Wisconsin feels like is going to have to play this year as a true freshman. There's there's really no need to redshirt him. You know, he's not going to be a guy that changes his body after a year in the, the strength and conditioning program. I think he's he's pretty much, you know, ahead of this, the curve there uh, with, with the 2019 class that arrived. So um, I think you feel pretty you know, pretty good about what you have with those four guys. But beyond that, and I don't know if a guy like Kearns can play. I think Chris Orr is being very kind with his comments to compare him to, to Jack Cicci. Um, I guess I could kind of see where the body type might be there. You know, maybe he's a guy that you can carve out a, a, a role for in, in like a nickel package or something because he does have that safety experience. But, um, you know, I'd be surprised if he was playing a big chunk of time at middle linebacker this year. So I think, you know, you, you'd really hope that that core of those four guys stays healthy. Uh, because if, if you do have those four throughout the whole year, I think you feel pretty good about where you're at. You know, not as great as you felt last year with with Conley and Edwards, but uh, with those four, I think you feel pretty good uh, going into the fall. Right. And just to clarify what Orr had said about Curran's, he said kind of reminds me of a younger Jack, younger Jack Sitchy, real skinny, kind of slipping everything, but he's definitely fitting in well. It's definitely exciting to have someone like that back, back into the room, giving bringing a different tool set different mindset so that's what he said about currents we'll see uh these are both two positions that we just previewed john that at the top of it looks to have solid you know solid playmakers potential to be standouts at their particular positions especially ferguson and or uh, but there are questions behind them yeah absolutely it's you know go, this is you know i i've done that piece that we've ran before of you know, the depth across the board and, you know, of you know, I guess over the last, you know, two or three years, this is maybe the one time of those, you know, three years or so that there are some real, uh, I don't want to call them gaps, but there's, there's certain positions where you look at it and say, Hey, they're, they're just not as deep as they probably like to be. Um, you know, the two positions that we talked about today, uh, probably safety as well, but you know, other spots they're, they're pretty loaded, uh, you know, wide receiver, I think you feel really good about the offensive line. There's probably at least eight guys you feel good about playing there. Uh, the defensive line, I think, with a healthy uh, duo of, of defensive ends and, and Laudermilk and Rand, you feel good about. Uh, but, you know, outside linebackers in a position where you're like, you know, I don't know how great you feel about that. So um, there's a few spots in this roster where the depth probably isn't up to, uh, you know, what Wisconsin's had over the last two or three years or so. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We will answer some of your questions in our mailbag segment. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be back in uh, about a couple minutes here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast powered by Overtime Media. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your 
price, price line. Wrapping up this edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast powered by Overtime Media. I am Jake Kokorowski. We got John McNamara here on the line. Let's hit the mailbag, folks. Uh, you get for our subscribers. If you guys go to the Badgers Den, usually once or at least every other week, I will say, "Hey, hit us with your mailbag questions." And once again, you all delivered. We got almost ten to twelve from what it looks like. And so, what we're gonna do? We'll answer maybe three here, and then tomorrow for the, which it will be Friday. July 26th, 1 p.m. I'll do a Twitter video Q&A session, so I'll answer some of those questions there. Uh, and then also, hopefully, uh, by the weekend, John and I will get a Q&A up. I'll get that written up, and we'll answer some of your questions in written form, too. So you guys, you all gave us so much, so many questions, and we want to make sure we answer them because uh, we're part of the BadgerBlitz.com community. So without further ado, let's get to the first one. And we're not going to answer this one, but this is a good tease for possibly for an upcoming episode or maybe a bi-week episode, John, from Bartow 222 with a decade almost up. What's your all-decade Badger football starting lineup? One that deserves its its full podcast, uh, all dedicated to that because I think there's there's so much you could talk about there. Um, you know, there's There's a lot to choose from. I think I feel good about maybe one position just off the top of my head, and that's probably Russell Wilson at quarterback. Uh, beyond that, I think you can make a case for a lot of guys, uh, a lot of tradition there, a lot of wins over the last 10 years. Um, it's yeah, It's been man. a good decade for Wisconsin. It really has uh, a decade with, what, three head coaches too? Yeah, Bielema, Anderson, Christ. I don't know, four if you can count, four if you count Barry. I'm not four counting you- Barry. don't tell him i said that but yeah i'm not counting very yeah so i mean it's it's something that yeah we should we should take a look at that um maybe before fall camp starts but i think that's an interesting topic yeah so no we'll have some fun with that thank you barto 222 we'll make sure we get something going on uh, coming up uh yeah maybe john and i'll do that in the next couple couple weeks and we'll we'll play that for sure um next one up from Lake Mills Badger, who really uh, has been great and giving questions. Both Bardo222 and Lake Mills Badger have been consistent question askers or uh, questionnaires or what do you want to call them. So we appreciate you guys. For the basketball 2020 class, how does it get filled out? I'll let you answer this one, John. It's a good question. Uh, right now they have three commits, Lauren Bowman, uh, point guard, uh, from Michigan and the the Davis brothers, obviously we've talked about quite a bit from lacrosse central. Uh, so three scholarships there are full. Um, I think the next guy to watch and the next guy who I think will commit to Wisconsin, Stephen Kral, uh, a kid from Apple Valley, uh, Apple Valley, Minnesota. He goes to Eastview high school. That team was at Wisconsin's uh, team camp in June and he impressed the coaches there, uh, picked up an offer a couple weeks ago and from the people I've been talking to, uh, there, there seems to be really strong interest, obviously mutual interest, but uh, you know, I think Wisconsin maybe jumped to the top of Crawl's list, uh, potential schools. Uh, he's a D1 Minnesota guy, and we've talked about AU programs in the past, so uh, the same program that produced Nate Reavers and, and uh, Tyler Wall, so there's, there's strong connections there. And um, from what I've been told, I think that uh, there's a lot of momentum uh, with Stephen Crawl in Wisconsin. So I think he eats up one of those spots. Uh, and then the way, you know, they've been recruiting, 
I could see them adding even a second guy. Well, I shouldn't say a second guy, but two more guys to finish out this class. Um, if they do, I think you're going to look at another forward or, or a post player as well. Um, I know there's some new guys that's on Wisconsin's radar. I put a few new names on on the message board this evening, uh, some guys that uh, I know the staff has seen just recently and they're, they're just beginning the evaluation process with. But I think the next guy that you want to keep a very close eye on is Stephen Crawl, uh, the center from Minnesota, because uh, he, he fits Wisconsin really well, and I think that he's certainly trending uh, in, in the right direction for the Badgers. And so maybe this goes into the next question. Super Badger asks, how about basketball big man recruiting? What what or who are the realistic options for two of the big men? And are you hearing any rumblings that some of the offers out there are being met with reciprocal interest? Does that go back to Crowell as well? Yeah, it does. And obviously the other guy to watch there is Ben Carlson. Uh, he's the kid from Minnesota as well. Uh, he also from D1 Minnesota as well, the AU program. Uh, he's been a longtime target for the staff. Uh, but the people I spoke with feel that Stanford and Xavier are out front in his recruitment. That's what I think you've seen uh, a few more offers go out. Uh, Zeb Key is another guy that Wisconsin recently offered. Uh, but it seems like, uh, you know, Wisconsin has to make up a little bit more ground in his recruitment. But Again, I think Crawl's the guy to watch moving forward. Uh, you know that would probably that would give you a four man class, and then if you feel like you you can add another guy, which which they could, uh, scholarship wise, um, you know they'll, I think they'll add, look to add maybe another post player. But you know even if they just got the the three that they have right now, in, in addition to Crawl, I think that's that's a pretty good recruiting class for twenty twenty. All right, wrapping up this mailbag edition. Like I said, I'll make sure that I do the Twitter. Q&A tomorrow on my, uh, you go at Jay Coco. I'll be on there answering some questions there. Um, but from Ramby, how does the in-state football class for 2021, and this goes back to you talking a little bit earlier about the 2020 and 2021 classes a little bit there, but how does the in-state football class for 2021 compare to 2020? It's early, but seems to be a strong group of prospects again with a few potential four stars outside of offensive linemen. What do you think, John? Yeah, good question. And we just ran a story about it on the site right now. Um, I think it's going to be, you know, like you said in, in the question, Ramby, it's still early. And uh, I've talked about how much I like the 2020 in-state class. Uh, the 2021 group, I think, has a chance to be very strong as well. Um, you know, if you look at 2020, uh, they're really strong at, at the offensive line position. Wisconsin obviously wrapped up uh, five scholarship offensive linemen from the state. Six, if you, when you look at Sean Timmis as well, uh, and then Cade McDonald, and then Shimmery DK, the wide receiver. Um, and if you look at 2021, uh, not as heavy with offensive linemen, at least right now. Obviously, you have a commitment from J.P. Benchwall, and uh, we have him rated right now as a four-star kid. But you have other skill positions, which doesn't always happen. Um, Jackson Acker, the, the kid from Verona who committed, uh, the plan right now is to, to you know, he's kind of pegged as an athlete. Uh, he camped at Wisconsin as a running back, but uh, could certainly grow into a linebacker uh, over the next two years. He's a big kid, uh, and, but he runs pretty well. I think he'd be an intriguing running back if he could stay at, at a size that, that he could play uh, at that position in college. And then an offer that just went out, uh, if you look at Loyal Crawford, uh, the kid from Eau Claire Memorial, he's kind of a true tailback. 
Uh, it's, it's always helps when you get those type of players from inside the state. Uh, I would imagine that he ends up at Wisconsin at some point. I had a chance to talk with him. He doesn't seem like he's going to rush into a commitment, but um, you know, with him being an in-state kid and the way he talked about Wisconsin, the tradition at the program, uh, at his position, I would imagine that at some point uh, you get a commitment from Loyal Crawford. And then a kid like Hunter Waller, uh, who was the first in-state kid in the 2021 class who Wisconsin offered. Uh, you know, I talked to some people close to his recruitment. It feels like Wisconsin and Michigan State are out in front, and I would imagine that at some point uh, he adds his name to Wisconsin's class. Uh, he's a big, strong, physical safety. I think he had 155 tackles last year as a sophomore for Muskego, uh, which captured the state championship in the Division One uh, at Camp Randall Stadium. So uh, I would imagine that he, Wisconsin adds him as well. So it, it seems like it's trending to be another group where Wisconsin's going to get a handful of guys from inside the state, and you know that makes things, I don't want to say easier, but it always helps when you can just go in your backyard and pick and choose the talent that you want to add to your class and, and get a good chunk of, of the commits uh, from inside the state. That always helps. Uh, you get a little bit more picky, a little bit more selective with, with your offers and the guys that, that you uh, take commitments from from outside the state. So when, you, when you're able to recruit in your back, back, uh, backyard really well, it, it just makes things that much, again, I don't want to say easier, but it, it certainly helps when you can pick and choose uh, from the talent that's just right in your backyard. Folks, we thank you for all your mailbag questions. Keep them up. Keep bringing them. Keep asking them on our message boards for at the Badgers Den. That's a great reason why to join BadgerBlitz.com or part of the Rivals Network, obviously. But there's a great community there. We try to respond to all your questions. There's a great discussion. These threads continue, and there's a discussion not just among subscribers, amongst them, amongst you all, but also we like to interact as well well uh so we have a lot of fun so like i said we'll answer more of your mailbag questions coming up tomorrow i'll answer a few on my twitter q a at about 1 p.m central standard time that's on friday the 26th and then sometime this coming up later this weekend i'll make sure to get those questions some other questions up part of our mailbag series in written form too for everybody so thanks again uh, on that note john we got stuff coming up not just the q a stuff but more fall camp previews, some maybe some more analysis in terms of I'll have a couple articles up about one player to watch per position for fall camp. Uh, we'll have a round table of a few other questions that we'll, you and I are both answering in a round table format. Uh, that'll be one a day uh, leading up to fall camp. That's on August 1st. What else? Do, I mean, I'm hoping to get a Jack Sanborn feature going on. Hopefully I got a chance to talk to him during Big Ten Media Days. Uh, or not Big Ten, Wisconsin Local Media Day on the 31st of July, which is next Wednesday. But uh, what else What else should fans and subscribers expect out of BadgerBlitz.com leading up to fall camp? Yeah, recruiting again is is back and, uh, you know, getting up to, to full steam again after this dead period. You know, guys are able to take visits uh, back on campus, and they had a kid on campus today uh, who picked up an offer from Wisconsin, Ryan Keeler. Uh, defensive lineman uh, from the state of Illinois, Nazareth Academy. Uh, so, you know, there, there's going to be prospects back on campus. We're going to try to catch up with all those guys as well. So, uh, you know, it's always recruiting on our site and things are going to pick up again. But like you said, Jake, uh, we're, we're gearing up towards fall camp and um, I'm, I'm excited about the coverage that we're going to be able to bring there. And um, we got a chance to look at the availability and it seems like 
uh, Wisconsin is going to allow us to see, uh, you know, a good amount of practices. So uh, we're trying to give you as much information as possible from those. And um, I think we've got a pretty good plan in place. So I'm excited for the start of the season. You know, it's right around the corner with media day. I know a lot of fans like to get out for that family night and, um, you know, literally right after that, the next day, they're, 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 they're getting in preparation for the 2019 season uh, with, with the start of fall camp. Yep, absolutely. And, and also, too, part of the community stuff, this, not to, t- to kind of maybe tease it out a little bit. Uh, we're working with some UW alumni chapters, possibly for some Q&A season preview sessions for some of their outings going forward. So we'll, you know, more once we find out. But we got some fun things doing. We're doing some grassroots stuff. We, we're having some fun. We'll have some season preview Q&A talk. Uh, with those chapters, hopefully, uh, we'll you know more details about that down the road. Uh, where, of course, you guys can find us on Twitter. John, you can find yours at McNamara Rivals. Me at Jay Coco. You can also find it, the Badger Blitz one. Uh, we're one away from a thousand, by the way, John. That's at Badger underscore Blitz uh, on Facebook. Of course, Wisconsin Badgers on BadgerBlitz.com. We have an Instagram too. For this podcast, make sure you uh, you subscribe. It doesn't cost a thing. Uh, don't have to worry about paying fees when you subscribe, either on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Give us some reviews. Let us know how we're doing. We've gotten some great feedback lately. We've worked to incorporate those into the show, and that allows us to give you, the fans that listen, the most Wisconsin-centric show, the best uh, fan-centric show, in my opinion, too, uh, possible. And so feel free to continue to give us reviews. The more reviews, the more we get noticed. Uh, we'd love five-star reviews, honestly, but uh, be be honest, be genuine, and let us know how we can do better for you guys. So uh, on that note, John, uh, any big plans this weekend? Uh, not to my knowledge, no. Yeah, tis the weekend before fall camp. I'm hopefully to get all my chores done so I don't have to worry about those once everything kicks up. I mean, there, like I said, there's Wisconsin Local Media Day, on July 31st, that's Wednesday. Both Jen and I will be there. And of course, fall camp kicks off on August 1st. I'll be there for the 30 minutes that they allow us to be in there. Uh, and we'll give you some details there if we can. But we're just on the cusp of college football season officially kicking off with those fall camp practices. And stay tuned for more information here on the badgerblitz.com podcast powered by Overtime Media.